All right, Ezra chapter 7 tonight. So we can go ahead and turn there. All right, so we see Ezra is now coming into the scene and coming into Jerusalem. This happened about 458 B.C. Uh, he was commissioned by King Artaxerxes uh, to go in kind of as the scribe and the teacher of the law of Moses to the people that were living there in Judah, in, uh, in the city of Jerusalem, to be able to teach them the true ways of worshiping Yahweh or worshiping God. Uh, the Persians here had a policy to ensure that the local religions would uh, prosper and that they, their prayers were offered to their gods, whoever it may have been, uh, not only on behalf of the nation, but also on him, the, the king of Persia. So they were very much uh, for these other gods and, and praying for the king and praying for the prospering of the nation. Now, between chapter 6 and chapter 7, we're looking at about a 60-year period uh, here. So there was a pretty big gap between the completion of the temple and Ezra actually coming down into Jerusalem to be able to uh, teach the law of Moses and to worship the true living God here. Uh, during this time, the story of Esther takes place, and it also says that there was a, uh, a part of silence uh, that was going on. There wasn't much noteworthy, I guess, to talk about what was going on in Jerusalem. As far as Scripture is concerned, there's not a lot of writings between this period. So here we have Ezra presenting, he's going to be presenting his report to kings of Xerxes on what was going on, how he was teaching them, uh, and everything that was going to happen. So we looked at the first six chapters of this book of Ezra. We see that there's the building of the temple. Uh, and now in the next uh, chapters, 7 through 10, we're going to see instruction being given to the people uh, by Ezra, instructions in the law of Moses and so forth. So let's go ahead and start in verse 1, chapter 7. It says, Now after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, the son of Shariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, the son of Ahitub, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, and the son of Merioth, the son of Zariah, the son of Uzai, and the son of Bakai, the son of Abshua, the son of Phineas, and the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the chief priest. So it says after these things, like we just talked about just now, we're talking about an after 60-year period. So remember, they had just finished building the temple in chapter 6, and now we're jumping ahead 60 years or so to where Ezra was at. And it goes on to give Ezra's pedigree, showing his, his lineage and where he, how he's coming from, all these different high priests, basically saying that he was qualified because of his lineage to be able to go back teach these uh, people in Judah, teach them, those in Jerusalem, the laws of Moses. Because as you can see, his family had been doing that for generations. Uh, he comes from, the, comes from Zadok, who was one of David's high priests, and also from Eliezer, who was actually the son of Aaron. So his uh, pedigree as far as being a priest and a scribe goes pretty far back. And I'm pretty sure King Artaxerxes uh, heard about this and heard about him and decided to put him in this particular role. Verse 6, it says, This Ezra came up from Babylon and was a skilled scribe in the law of Moses, 
which the Lord God of Israel had given. The king, uh, the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. So we see here it says that Ezra was ready. He was a skilled scribe. So he was ready to come back and do the work that Artaxerxes wanted him to do. And it says, and we ask ourselves, when did he get ready for this? He's been in captivity. So while he was in captivity, he wasn't pouting about the fact that he was in captivity. He wasn't angry that he was in captivity, but he prepared himself for this moment. Uh, and God hadn't quite called him to this moment yet. And I think that should bring uh, joy to our heart in the simple fact that we may be just kind of walking through the wilderness. We remember Moses was in the wilderness before he ended up say, uh, going into Egypt and leading Israel out. And God was working on him, getting him ready for that particular mission. So as Ezra sat in Babylon for these years, he was preparing to be a scribe. He was preparing to come back and teach the word of God, knowing or unknowingly, until God finally tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, it's time for you to go. Time for you to go back into Jerusalem, perform the duties which I've been preparing you for, to go in and teach the nation about my word and about my law. So even though we may feel trapped or boxed in sometimes, God is constantly preparing us for the mission he has at hand for us. Even in those uh, silent times or silent years, when it doesn't feel like we're hearing too much from God, God is still preparing us. We just have to, have to look for those moments. At the end of verse 6, it says, The hand of the Lord his God upon him. We'll see that several times between now and verse, uh, in chapter 10, where the hand of God was upon him. And that's so important that we have the hand of God upon us whenever we're performing the mission that God has for each of us as, as individuals. So it goes on in verse, 10, uh, verse 7. It says, some of the children of Israel, the priests, the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, the Nethinim, came up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. And Ezra came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. On the first day of the first month, he began his journey from Babylon. And on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. Here it is again appearing before us. In verse 10 it says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statues and ordinances in Israel. So here in the verse part in chapter 7, uh, verse 7, it tells us that some of the children of Israel, so some more people were leaving from Babylon going to Judah, and end up mixing in with those who had already left with Zerubbabel. So now we see more people going back to the promised land to go worship God in the temple the way God intended it. So we go back to verse 10, and we ask ourselves here, we talked about the hand of the Lord, his God, was upon him. And we might say, well, why was it upon him? Why was Ezra so special that this was happening? Well, the reason was that he was seeking after God. It tells you in verse 10, it says, And Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach the statues and the ordinance. So why was it upon him? That was because his heart was set on investigating the law of God, 
just like our heart should be invested in, uh, invested in studying the Word of God ourselves. It also says here that not only did he study it, but he did the Word of God. He did what the Word said. He had set himself to teach the statutes and ordinances of Israel that others might benefit by it. So not only should we search our hearts and want to seek the Word of God, not only should we want to do the Word of God, but we should want to go out and tell other people about the Word of God, learn, telling them about what we have learned in His Word and teaching others as well. So if you have children, teach them the Word of God. If you have friends, teach them the Word of God. That's what we are called to do. So he meditated on the Word, he did what the Word said, and then he taught it. I think that is a good guideline for all of us as believers to follow. It is what the Christian should do with the Word of God, is to study it, do it, and teach it. So the Spirit of God, I'm pretty sure, moved Ezra to want to study this word. In 1 Corinthians 2.10 it says, But God had revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all the things, yes, the deep things of God. That's exactly what Ezra was wanting to do, was to study the deep things of God and to learn the law. And we should also ask the Spirit to reveal those deep things of God so that we will be able to teach others these same things. It is also the Spirit also gives us the strength and empowers us to do this. Ephesians 3.16 says that, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. So the word, we should be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to be able to study and, and learn his word. And then he says that he did the word. He performed the word. He did what the word said. And I think that's very important. In James 1, verse 22 through 25, and you can turn there if y'all like, or I'll just read it. It says in verse 22 of chapter 1 of James, it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And I believe that's why Ezra's, the hand of God was upon Ezra, because he did what the law was saying. He practiced what he preached. And I believe as believers, we need to do that, because so often the non-believer will look at us and say, yeah, you, you, you talk about the Word of God. Yeah, you know a lot about it, but do you really do what the Word of God is saying? And we don't want to be known as hypocrites. I mean, I think the church has really done a bad job at... Uh, portraying this sometimes, you know, we, we, we come off as hypocrites sometimes to the world, but we, we need to be very careful in how we handle the Word of God and how we present ourselves as believers, because we have a world that is watching, and we have to be that salt and light in this world, because they're watching every move we make. So we want to make sure that we set the proper example of Christ before them, and not only being those who study the Word, and teach the word, but be doers of the word as well. 
So I think there's a lot of people out there that they want to learn the Word and they want to teach the Word, but fewer long to follow the Word. Because let's be honest, there's things that we need to follow in this, this book that sometimes is painful, painful for us. You know, sin is not something that, you know, sin. everybody wants to sin because why? Sometimes it feels good. But the Word of God tells us ultimately it leads to death. So sometimes our own flesh gets in the way of us following what the Word of God is telling us. But we have to be doers of the Word. If we want, if we want God's hand upon us, we need to do what the Word tells us to do. Amen? So verse 11, it says, This is a copy of the letter that King Artaxerxes gave Ezra, the priest, the scribe expert in the word of the commandments of the Lord and his statutes to Israel. Artaxerxes... King of kings, to Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of the God of heaven, perfect peace, and so forth. I issue a decree that all those of the people of Israel and the priests and Levites in my realm who volunteer to go up to Jerusalem may go with you. So here we see those who are wanting to go back to Israel, going back to Jerusalem, back to Judah, or having that opportunity to do it here, whoever wants to volunteer and go. So he's not holding anybody back if they want to go. And I'm pretty sure there was a large number that stayed there in Babylon, but there was a number that went with Ezra. And Ezra was given the authority to take those who wanted to go back with him to minister to the Lord in Jerusalem. So Ezra was set apart by Artaxerxes for this task, but most importantly, God set Ezra apart for this task at this appointed time. And the Spirit is the one who calls men, whether it's into ministry or to whatever the task may be that God has for us. Acts 13.2 says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And God has separated each and every one of us to some type of work. It may not be ministry here in the pulpit or within the church, it may be a ministry at your work. It may be a ministry to your family. But God has set apart each and every one of us for his work and for his mission. Pray, fast, ask the Lord what that, that, that mission is, and to go out and perform that mission that he has set before us. A lot of us don't want to listen to the mission because it's maybe not what we thought he was going to put us to do. And just remember, he doesn't always send us off to Africa on the missionary field either. But just listen to this Holy Spirit as it speaks to you and exactly what God has separated you to do. Verse 14, it says, And whereas you are being sent by the king and his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem uh, with regard to the law of your God, which is in your hand, and whereas you are to carry the silver and gold which the king and his counselors have freely offered to the uh, God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem. And whereas all the silver and gold that you may find in all the province of Babylon, along with the free will offering of the people and the priests, are to be freely offered for the house of their God in Jerusalem. Now therefore be careful to buy with the money bulls, rams, and lambs, with their grain offerings and their drink offerings, and offer them on the altar of the house of your God in Jerusalem, and whatever seems good to you and your brethren to do with the rest of the silver and the gold, do according to the will 
of your God. So Ezra was not only the teacher of the Word of God when he returned, and not only was he going to be a doer of the Word of God, but he was the one who was, who was going to set forth the worship of the Word of God as he came in with all these items that they would use to worship in the sacrifice system with the bulls and the lambs. And he would be able to use the silver and gold to be able to purchase the items that were needed to be able to worship God and to sacrifice to God. And we know that it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to worship God. And we see here in John 4.24, it says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Ephesians 5.18-21 says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which dis, uh, dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in the heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And Philippians 3.3 3 says, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. So we see Ezra bringing back the items to be able to worship God. And it is the Spirit of God that allows us to be able to worship God truly. Without the Spirit of God within us, we would not know how to worship God. We would not be able to worship God. And, but the Holy Spirit supplies us with what we need to be able to truly worship God. In verse 19, he goes on, As the articles that are given to you for the service of the house of your God deliver in full before the God of Jerusalem, and whatever more may be needed for the house of your God, which you may have uh, uh, occasion to provide, pay for it from the king's treasury. So if there's anything else you need it, just take it out of my treasury. That's the favor of God. Now and I, even I, Artaxerxes, the king, issue a decree to all the treasures who are in the region beyond the river that whatever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, may require of you, let it be done diligently. Up to 100 talents of silver, 100 cores of wheat, 100 baths of wine, and 100 baths of oil, and salt without prescribed limit. Whatever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it diligently be done for the house of the God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? So we see God's favor upon Ezra and the nation of Israel at this point. The king is even saying, if you need anything, you can take it from my treasure. He's telling the people that are, that are running the treasures over there on the other side of the river, hey, you make sure they get whatever they need to be able to worship their God. Give them all the tools and all the gifts that are needed to be able to prosper there. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us as well. He gives us everything that we need as believers to be able to prosper in the ways of God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7, I'll read it. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, 
to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So just like Ezra was being taken care of here financially and with the manpower and the tools that he needed to go back and teach and to bring in the worship of God, we too, through the Holy Spirit, are given all the tools and all the gifts that are needed to be able to be successful in the mission that God has given us as well. We've each got individual gifts that God has given us to be able to use for the kingdom. And we just need to pray and to hone in on those gifts to be able to be used by God as he moves through us. In verse 24, it says, Also, we inform you that, inform you that, that it shall not be lawful to impose tax, tribute, or custom on any of the priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, Nethinim, or servants of the house of God. So those who were serving within the house of God would not have to pay any taxes or rent or any of those type of things. But I believe that the, the king probably got the, that money back through the people. And, probably, and, and there was a set tax that was uh, set on those, that particular region. So he ended up getting his money back, but those who were serving in the house of God would not have to pay any of those taxes. Verse 25, it says, And you, Ezra, according to your God-given wisdom, set magistrates and judges who may judge all the people who are in the region beyond the river, all such as know the laws of your God, and teach those who do not know them. So all who served, I'm sorry, Ezra was commissioned to establish those who knew the law and to go out and teach those who did not know the law. And I'm pretty sure those who he commissioned who knew the law, they would go about to these different towns or what have you and teach the law to those who didn't know. Passing on the good word. You know, Paul would write in Galatians 3.24, it says, Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. So as Ezra would bring the law out to the people, they were teaching them how to worship God, how to come into that relationship with God, just like the law teaches us that we needed that Savior, that we needed Christ to come in our hearts to save our souls. And because that law led us to Christ, the Spirit now builds us up and teaches us what we need to learn about God. So, Galatians 5, 23 tells us that because we have learned through the law that we were in need of Christ, and now that we are saved, the Spirit will now produce a fruit in us to where we can be that salt and light to this world. And in Galatians 5, 23 it tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against us there is no law. So these are the things we should be reflecting to this world that we're living in. We're reproducing these fruit through them because of the Holy Spirit. In verse 26, as we continue on, it says, Whoever will not observe the law of your God and the law of the king, let judgment be executed speedily on him, whether it be death or banishment or confiscation of goods or imprisonment. 
Blessed be the Lord God of our fathers who has put such a thing as this in the king's heart to beautify the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. So here, they're going to bring judgment. If they don't want to follow the law of God, if they don't want to learn what the law of God is about, and they want to act contrary to that, there's going to be judgment. The worst, obviously, is death, but it could be imprisonment. It could be things taken away from them. So they were starting to set up the law there. And then it goes on to verse 7, talks about, Blessed be the Lord God of our Father who has put such a thing as this in the king's heart to beautify the house of the Lord. Now we know that they're talking about beautifying the temple because that's what he's going back to teach the word from. And they brought all these items to be able to worship and sacrifice in the temple. So he's talking about beautifying the temple. And so the Lord not only wanted to build this house, but he wanted to make sure that it was beautified. And in Psalms 149.4, it says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. So not only is he wanting to build us, the temple of the living God, up, but he wants to beautify us through Christ. And whenever we walk in the ways of Christ and we walk in the Spirit, we are beautified before him. Thank you, Lord, for that. In verse 28, because it takes a lot to beautify this, that's all I'm going to say. Verse 28, it says, and has, and has extended mercy to me before the king and his counselors and before all the king's mighty princes. So I was encouraged, and here we go again, as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me, and I gathered leading men of Israel to go up with me. So Ezra was strengthened for the work that he had ahead of him through the Spirit, and so are we strengthened by the Spirit to do the work that we have ahead of us. Ezra definitely had the favor of God upon him. And I pray that God's favor will be upon us and that we'll be able to say, hey, the hand of the Lord God was upon us. Amen. Uh, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this word tonight. We do ask, Lord, that your hand would be upon us, Lord, that we would we would serve you well, Father God, in studying your word and doing your word and going out teaching your word, Father God, and that your spirit would guide us through that all, Father. We just thank you for this word tonight. We ask for your uh, blessing over those here, and we ask for your safe journeys back to our house. In Jesus' name, amen.